Welcome to Cardboard Box Games. I'm Adam. I'm Adam. I'm Andrew. And this is episode 26 where we're going to be digging into some specific cards on whether we should hold them, situations we should hold them, and situations that we should just play them. All right, let's get started. All right, every week we do start off with card of the week. I'm starting off with Exhum. This is a disc card that gives you a single amber for playing it. And in my opinion, one of the best cards in the set. It is amazing. So I wanted to like call that out in our card of the week. This card is phenomenal. And what it does as an action is you play it and you choose a creature in your discard pile. You may play that creature as if it belonged to the active house and was in your hand. So oh. I have played this card to bring back a gatekeeper to keep people from foraging. I have played this card to like bring back a helper bot that then allowed me to play a card in my hand to keep them from foraging. This card is phenomenal. Like I can't say enough good stuff about this card. And if you haven't had a chance to play with it, you should definitely check it out. What do you guys think about Exhum? I love that card. Whenever my opponent's about to forge a key, I can play Shred on them. Whenever I want to um, uh, empty my hand more, get like a Yurk, old Yurk. Yeah. Mm. You can bring back so many like utility things with it. Yeah, I have never seen that card before. So. You haven't seen it. You haven't. It's I've, like in no. every single one of my decks. It's in a lot of decks. It seems you need powerful. To play more Age of Ascension. Man. No, I just need to get the card. Yeah, in one of your decks. Oh my god, that's like one of my favorite cards. This set. I'd love to have like two in a deck. I it would be amazing. Yet. All right, Adam, over to you. So my card of the week is a Brahmar creature called Brahmo. It's a four power creature with one armor. Its ability is play, deal two damage to each enemy flank creature. I love this card. Especially with Ganger Chieftain. I love it with Drummernaut. Drummernaut. You can Drummer, play yeah. Romo yeah. down, deal two damage to their flank creatures, play Drummernaut, get them back to your hand, play them again. Four damage. That's amazing. And if you don't have Drummernaut, it's still two damage on both sides. Which is pretty good. It's awesome. I love it. Because then when people are using taunt creatures to protect their weak guys on the sides... I could just do two damage to them. He is an awesome combo, especially if you can recur him and play it again. Like, yeah. I like him. And there's so many, like, little creatures. So not only do I like that you can pick off, like, little guys on the end, but I also like that people aren't thinking about him yet. So I've noticed people not paying attention to what they're putting on their flank. So if you got Brabnar or you're playing against a Brabnar deck, keep him, keep an eye on, like, okay, if they have a Brahmo that's going to come down and do two damage to my flank, am I going to be hosed? Because I've seen, I've been able to like hit their two, kill them. The flank went in, so then their gub on the inside died, and oh. like, and then they had a nox on the inside of that that died. It was like a pretty like a chain reaction thing that happened. So that doesn't happen often, but pay attention to how your line is set up. Mm -hmm. All right, Andrew, what's your card of the week? So I chose a logos card, and you gain an amber for playing it, and it's an action. It's called poke. And it's D1 damage to an enemy creature. If this damage destroys that creature, draw a card. I think it's a pretty good card because there are big creatures, but Shadow and Logos also have very tiny creatures. And there's a lot of Logos decks with one or two power creatures, and it could be pretty useful in battle. In my opinion, it's really hard to kill creatures just with one damage. It's very hard. But so, it's a, like pretty much a free amber, though. It is a free amber, which is pretty nice. And also a damage on a creature... Yeah. I've probably played that card. I'm trying to think, I play a lot of AOA so far. I probably maybe played that card one time, to where it actually killed a creature. Really? And I probably like out of ten, ten or eleven times I actually played it just for the amber. 
I never found opportunities because there's so many big creatures. There are. That I can just I couldn't deal with. It. I got lucky one time that I was able to do like the turn before the uh, one damaged everything whistling darts card, mm-hmm. and then there was an umber on the field, so I was able to kill that and draw the card. But you're right, you do get an amber for it, and sometimes that one extra damage can matter. I mean, for setting up a future turn, I would just say the second ability of drawing a card is probably pretty slim pickings with that card. But I've got to it to work tons of times actually in battle. I never got it to work, and I have like. Two in my one of my best decks of Age of Ascension. That's hmm. interesting. It's so funny, like how different gameplay experiences everything are. Yeah. All right, so I want to give you guys a little backstory, okay? Before while we jump into our main topic, I was watching the um, Origins Vault Tour casting, and there was something interesting that was said during some of the casting. Which, by the way, I'm so thankful they did that. It was so much fun. But I think there's a disconnect between a lot of us in the community and one of the big things is like should you play a card or should you hold a card so i wanted to take a moment to at least share my thoughts on that and hopefully your thoughts as well because i don't fully agree with some of the comments that were made um for example i think there's a lot more strategy around when you hold a card and when you don't hold a card and i think that that goes into that stage five that i was telling you about where you need to predict what your opponent's going to do, not only now, but in the future. If you want to know what that I mean by that, you can go back and check check out our last episode, episode 25. Um, but anyway, I wanted to take a few minutes and have us each pick three cards. And then we're going to dig into like situations when we would play that card and just get the amber for it if it has it. Or we would hold on to that card. Or um, maybe like just kind of like talk about situations. And I think I wanted to start off, and I'll just do the first one, just to set the groundwork. Mm-hmm. So this is a card uh, that is a discard, Control the Weak. Everyone probably knows this card by now, but anyway, gives you an amber. So that is a huge thing for this. You get an amber out the gate. But you basically are telling your opponent what house they have to play next turn. So you say, like, all right, you're playing Brabner next turn. Now, the questions that I put together for this, I put the other three questions. The first question is, if I have this card in my opening hand, what are my thoughts? With Control the Weak in particular, I'm not thinking about mulliganing. Really? I, no, because I think Control the Weak is a card that you really want to save like late game. So what I'm hoping to do at this yeah. point is I'm thinking, I'm just going to gain the amber from that. I Maybe slow them down a little bit or force them to do something a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm not really thinking about getting rid of this. I'm not thinking about holding on to it. I'm just going to play this card when I go to Deuce. And, but I do want to talk about situations when I would hold on to this card. And that is when I'm setting up a win for my third key. So I would very strategically, if I can get it to the point where I'm going to hit six Amber and I know they're playing a house that is maybe like not this turn. So maybe like I'm at five Amber, um, I'm holding on to Dis. Uh, and the, but I know if I go my next turn, I'll be able to reap a bunch and I'll be able to hit over six amber. I'll hold on to control the week to force them to pick a house that'll hopefully lock the game up for me. And then any other time than that, I typically would just play that card. Makes so sense. I would hold on to that card in a situation that's going to allow me to force them to let me, especially if they have a lot of steel and control. And I know understand their houses. So... Any thoughts about Control of the Week? Like, do you guys hold on to it more than that, or do you... 
I only hold on it to it when I'm about to forge a key. Same here. Otherwise, I just play it right away mm. just to like slow them down. And if they have a huge gigantic creature board, I just pick a house that they don't have creatures on. And so force that... them to go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. Same here. If I start off with Control of the Week um, for my starting hand, I would usually mulligan it because I feel like um, it's more good for late game. And that's what, that's what I would usually do. And then if I'm in the middle of the game, about to plan out to get a key, then I'll just use it. Interesting. Yeah, I would never think about mulliganing with Control of the Week in my hand. I'm always like, that's a... There are other cards we're going to talk about that I do think about mulligan. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's a good segue into our next card. So, Andrew, what's your first card for the... And then we'll ask those same three questions. So, my card I chose is a shadow card. You gain Amber for playing it. And it's called Too Much Protect. And it's an action. I think everybody knows this card. Pretty overpowered. Steal all but six of your opponent's Amber. It's an amazing card. But I would mulligan it if I get it from the way beginning. So sure. in your opening hand, you're thinking about mulliganing. Yeah, because okay. it's good for endgame. So I'm also thinking about mulliganing if I get that in my opening hand. Agreed, yeah. That card is too powerful to like get out of your deck early on, and you're in the same boat. Yes. So we agree with you would mulligan that. All right, let's say that you have mulliganed, and you get that card in your second round of hands. What do you do in that situation? So depending on if my shadow is pretty good... I would just play it just for the amber. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't hold on to it. I would hold on to it if I have like um an urchin maybe with it, just for like a combo. But depending you said this is early game, right? Early game, yeah. Yep. So I probably would just play it for the amber right away, gain as much as I can. You know, uh I would save it if I had an urchin. So maybe. Yeah. For me it definitely would depend on what the rest of my hand looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I would try my best to stay away from shadows until i could utilize it because honestly that card is a game-breaking card in my opinion like especially when um i pair it up with something like miasma one of my absolute favorite things to do it's like oh you have seven amber okay i'm gonna miasma you and then you're gonna gain more amber and i'm gonna too much protect you for like five amber and then i'm gonna play <laughs> my one routine job because i have a deck with two routine jobs and, and i keep going back to that in my mind when i'm thinking about this and I just hang on to one routine job and, and too much to protect. And I can literally keep my opponent from ever forging a key with that deck. And it is just a blast to play. So what about you, Andrew? If you had it in your... Would you just play it for Amber early game? Um, I, would, I don't know. It depends on my hand. If that's the only card I have of Shadow, I would just keep it because... Until you have to do Shadows. Until I have to do Shadow. And probably that'll be like three to four turns, maybe. So that's more time to see if I can actually use it. But if I still can't, I'll just play it because it's like kind of like a chain on yourself, but it's a great card. Yeah, anytime you're choosing to play a card, uh, or not to play a card, to hang on to a card, when you have gone that house, you are basically chaining yourself. And in my opinion, there are cards that we're going to talk about today that are worth hanging on to for a couple rounds. And if you, okay, so if I look at too much to protect, if I'm not planning on going shadows, if it's early game, my opponent's nowhere near six amber, I'm not thinking about coming back to shadows for a few turns, at least two turns out, I'm just going to play it for the amber. Almost always. But if I can see a route where my opponent is getting close to forging a key, I can stay away from shadows for a little bit. I will just do my best to not go shadows as long as possible. But if I end up having to go shadows, 
I will very well debate holding on to that card in hopes that in two turns I can come back to Shadows, depending on what the board state is. Like, I'm okay with adding one chain on myself or two chains on myself for a card like Too Much to Protect in the in the case that I know that it's going to make a huge swing in the game. So that's yeah. anyway how I look at that. Anyway, Adam, what's your first card that we want to talk about? My first card is Evernescent Principle. This is a tough one. It's a Logos card, and its action says, play, each player loses half their amber, gain one chain. So for me, if I get it my first hand, I'd mulligan right away. Yeah. But then if I still had it, I'd definitely hold on to this card. It halves everyone's amber, and it only gives you one chain. And that, to me, is pretty So early game, awesome. do you hold on to this, game, um, this um, card? I like, mean, on Mulligan, if it's in my first hand. What if you it, drew it, like, turn two or something like that? Then you keep it. I would still keep, keep it. it. You yeah. keep it? Okay. There's not many cases where you'd get rid of this card? Not really. Okay. What no. about you? It depends, because it depends on my hand, you know? I mean, I would keep it. I wouldn't mulligan. I would keep the card because it seems pretty powerful. It just depends if I have lots of logos cards. And and then I would keep it. It's a pretty powerful card. You gain one chain for half in your amber. At the beginning of the game, your opponent could gain three amber. And you probably have zero. You can just half their amber off the bat. Yeah, but they would only lose one. So that's would. where the debate I mean, is. So it's, it's, that's a tough one for me. So I'm actually on the fence with that one. Where I'm more likely to focus on discarding that one. Early game. Uh, That's my discarding? Discarding it. Yeah. You're not gonna play it if they don't have any amber. So I'm yeah. like let's say you have four amber and they have three amber. Are you gonna play that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. So mm. yeah, but, rough. but I will say there are situations where um I'm about to forge a key and my opponent a little bit behind me. If you can get to the point where you just forge a key and you have basically zero amber at that point and then half everyone's amber, then it's good. That's pretty amazing. So, it again, it depends on game situation. Opening hand, 100% mulligan if possible. If I draw it into my second mulligan hand, I'm looking at probably discarding that card unless for some crazy reason my opponent has like come out of the gate and gained a bunch of amber. Yeah. Then I'll just play it, hit them, and then I'll gain the amber I've got. Uh, but let's say, like, you know, by the time I go to Logos, it's one amber to to one amber. I'm discarding that card, and I'm just going to keep moving on. Like I'm, Because yeah, I probably sense. am not coming back to Logos for three turns. So that, that card would effectively add, you know, three chains plus the chain you get for playing it, plus it affects your amber. Anyway, that's the way I look at that card. And it's a tough one, though, because that card can save you. It can. All right, so I'm going to go to my second card, which is um, Gatekeeper. And I'll, I'll read off exactly what this card says. Um, Great card. Let me find, pull him up here. So, Gatekeeper. It's a Sanctum creature with five power and one armor. One of my absolute favorite creatures to play because it gives you a way to stop people from forging in Sanctum. And it's playability. If your opponent has seven or more amber, capture all but five of it. This is a card that I actually... Early game, if I have it in my opening hand, I do not mulligan that. If my other hand, my rest of my hand is good. Do you? I mean, if my rest of my hand's good, I would keep it. But then if my hand's horrible, I would mulligan that hand. I would mulligan it if it's my only, like, way to control Amber. But my deck that I play this in pretty pretty consistently 
I have ways in every house to mess with people's amber. And archive. And I have ways to archive it. And there's ways to bring things back, like, if I wanted to. And I want to get through my deck quick so I can get back to that. Yeah. But um, I do not think about... Do not... As long as the rest of my hand is pretty pretty strong, this card alone does not make me think about... In that particular deck, does not make me think about, like, mulliganing. Does it... Would it make you think about mulliganing? I would mulligan, because I feel like it's more late game. It's definitely more late game important. Like... Having that the way beginning, your opponent's like still trying to get its amber, and you're just gonna hold it on because they don't want to use his ability. While oh, I just play him. Like, uh, I guess this way I would go to my second question, which is, um, do I just play him or do I hold on to him? Unless my opponent is getting near forging keys, I just play him. I of get course. him on the board, and I just have a body out there. Sure. So let's see. What was my other question that I had? Um. Uh, uh, are there times that you would want to hold on to Gatekeeper? I mean, of course, when your yeah. opponent has about to get enough to forge a key. Um, when your opponent has like a bunch of maybe creatures on the board to reap with them. Mm-hmm. What if you had a hand of five cards that were a different house and one Gatekeeper and no Sanctum cards on the board? Would you go Sanctum just to slow them down a turn? I mean, if they're over... Like, just let's just say they have like... Eight amber, yeah, seven, eight amber, and it's like no one has a key yet, and I would probably just try to also gain a key with them, because I do think a bunch of amber value, and that's the mistake I see people do with like hanging on to cards. A lot of times, you need to figure out how you you can shape your hand to set. So if you're holding on to like one or two cards, um, you need to make sure you can shape your hand around them, working around that in the future. So, like, if you were to hang on to Gatekeeper and all five of your other cards, you're basically locking yourself in a bad spot at that time. Yeah. Gatekeeper is great when you just need to slow your opponent down and you can put them in check. So, like, that's when I'm always thinking about, like, hanging on to cards. If I can stop them and have enough to put them, put pressure on them so I can forge before they do, like, that is the pristine moment, in my opinion, to hang on to cards. All right, Andrew, what was your second card? Uh, my card was Swindle. It's a shadow card. This is a tough one. And it's an alpha card, so you have to play it at your first turn, and a mega card, so it ends your turn. And it's a, and pretty much it's an action play to steal three. So, it's me and, me and Adam went, went against each other, and I started off with this card, and I mulliganed, and then I got it in my second set, and I discarded it. Yeah, I would definitely discard it. I personally not a fan of that card. Me either. I mean, even in late game, if they're about to forge key, I still don't like the card because you can't affect the board in any way. You can't. That is a card that I would lean towards discarding unless it was like your only thing that you could do. Like, like for example, adding to the board, especially in the Age of Ascension day, is so important. I can't even emphasize that enough. And this card takes that opportunity away from you. So this is a card that if it's in my opening hand, I'm actually, as long as the rest of my hand is okay, I'm probably not going to mulligan. Just going to discard it? I'm just going to discard it when I go to shadows. And in the case that I have a good shadows board, which is when this is uh, when this is the most pristine, it's like your board is better than their board, it doesn't even have to be shadows. I think it's where I said shadows. But it, yeah. you have a great board, and they're about to forge, and, and playing this card... You're still going to have a better board than them. 
but you keep them from forging a key, and now you put yourself in check. Like that is when you want to play that card. Yeah. There's been very few opportunity, very few times that I've held on to this card that it's ever been a good thing. So I can't think of, I can't think of a thing except for allow maybe towards the end of the game using it just to keep them from their third key, so it puts you on your third key. Yeah. I and you try to shape the board like that. I don't know. I think that's pretty much how you can use the card. So it's a strong effect. I mean, it's a six amber swing. They're losing three, and you're gaining three. But you do nothing else on your turn. All right. So, um, Adam, what was your second one? My second card is Spirit's Way. The Spirit's Way. This is a tough one, too. It's a synced card. It's an action. When you play it, destroy each creature with power three or higher. Okay, so... So, for me personally... Opening hand. If it's in my opening hand, I would most likely keep it. Okay. Depending on what houses they have. If they have, like, Bromnar Sanctum, definitely keep it right away. How many creatures are you hoping to kill with this thing? I'm hoping to at least kill, like, two, three with okay. it. Because right away, if my hand have Sanctum creatures in it, after their first turn, they most likely played creatures down, so then I just play Spirit's Way first, then play my Sanctum creatures down, and then I will take over the board control yep. right there, and then... Uh, I would never think about mulliganing if my hand is horrible, you know? I would mulligan mm. if I don't have But a... not because of that card. Not because of that card. Yeah. No. That makes sense to me, too. I think the Spirit's Way is actually a good example of a card that... Um, there are times that you love having that card in your hand, but if you're behind, this card allows you to catch up. It does. If you're ahead, you just discard it if it's going to blow up more of your own creatures. So this is a great example of a card that I don't think you'd ever just hang on to it for a future turn. I think you would play it when you can get optimum value or discard it. Is that true? Is that how you look at it? Would you ever discard it? I mean, if I would discard it if I have like a, if I'm controlling the board with a bunch of my Broadmart Sanctum creatures because that's what I have to discard for. Yeah. Uh, and I would never play it when I have like five, six creatures on. Yeah. Unless they have a huger board than me. It is Greater really board, awesome, like, though, when, like, I did a Brobnar turn to you, and you're like, oh, we're going to kill all those guys, and then I'll play my board, and I'm like, oh, man, that's brutal. Yeah. That is a great, like, setup for that thing. It is actually probably a good early game card. Oh, Against yeah. certain houses. Yeah. If they're playing against, like, Shadow, Logos, Logos. and, like, maybe Dis, because Dis doesn't have too many. I mean, they have they have Yorks, you know? They, they have, have Chariot. Yeah, Charette. I think yeah. Untamed, this card would be okay for, because most of their creatures are pretty big that I've been seeing in the newer set. There's a lot of big creatures in Untamed. Yeah, I think um, I think that's an interesting card. Logos and Shadows, though, I'd be really bad against those. Yeah. It would be. So let's, let's move on to my last card. My last card is going to be Miasma. And this is the card that is actually the one that I really wanted to talk about the most. Because it does give you an amber for playing in it. And it simply makes your opponent skip their forge key step. And to me, this card is a prime candidate for mulliganing early game. Because this card is important late game. This can buy you that one turn you need to win the game. So I think that is, in my mind, like if it's in my opening hand, I would most likely want to mulligan this. Does it buy yeah. your turn the whole entire turn? Because if your opponent has a like key charge, would that help them win the game? They can still win the game that way. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it does not make them not be able to forge a key. It's just they have to skip their forge step. And in the uh, Vault Tour, 
there was a person that was playing that held on to miasma, and one of the casters said, "I would not have, um, I would not have held on to that. I would have played it." And I was thinking, like looking at the board state, his hand and where everything was, I would have held on to it as well. And I found it very interesting because I, I think miasma is something that you should very strategically pick your moments to use, yeah. and then get you that little bit of advantage because it doesn't matter how much amber your opponent controls it matters when they forge their third key and there are times that i've miasma someone and i've actually been miasma to where i have plenty of amber for all three of my keys i just couldn't forge all three of them quick enough where they were able to forge quicker and playing miasma at key moments like that is just super powerful but anyway i've got a deck with like two or three of them and I will very strategically back to back to back my <laughs> asthma them once I get a shadow board down. And it is fantastic because I'm like, okay, I'll forge a key. Let's set up another roll. You skip. I'm getting in a position to forge another key. And again, I go with my asthma. If you can be put them in check, if you can be in check, prevent your opponent from forging, there's no reason that, not, to play, this not to play this card. Yeah. And... If I had two in my hand, I'm very heavily Just thinking play about one. playing about one and thinking about coming back to shadows in two turns. But again, it comes to knowing your deck, knowing your board, knowing what your opponent's doing, and setting yourself up for a position where two turns from now, you're okay coming back to shadows, potentially even next turn coming back to shadows. Really? If you think about it, if you have a pretty good board of shadows and things that you can do, and let's say you've dumped your hand, you've got three cards, you're down to three cards. One of them's a remaining miasma that you hang on to. There's a chance you draw one more shadows card, and you've got your stuff you can utilize. In my mind, like I'm thinking, I'm okay coming back to shadows next turn, potentially playing two cards, slowing them down another turn, and hopefully, if I've done the math right, going to check. Mm -hmm. So this is one that I think if you're playing, you and you start getting up in skill level, Knowing when to just play Miasma for Amber and when to use it to slow down your opponent is so important. So that that hopefully kind of gives you kind of my view on that. Do you have any view on Miasma, Andrew? I think Miasma is a great and beautiful card. I, I honestly think it's an awesome card because I'm, I would mulligan it if I get at the first turn. And then if I get it with my second, that I would probably keep it, maybe... You think you would hang on to it for a little while? I think I would hang on to it. It depends on my hand. If I have more, if I have a lot of shadow cards, I probably um, like this. I don't know. Early for... game, I'm gonna probably just play it for amber. Mm. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking if they have four amber, five amber, and they're getting close to forging or getting close to having, I would definitely keep, keep it. it. I would keep it, yeah. or I would try to stay away from shadows until it's, I can move into shadows to make that play. So I use a lot of these cards to like help me pick which house. Even if I have three shadow cards and I have two of another house, I may move to that other house knowing that the following turn I have to come shadows and maybe I get a fourth shadow card by dumping those two cards and pulling them in. If that makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So anyway, my asthma is one that I find very fascinating. I would love to know what everybody else thinks. Like, Are there times that you really think you should hang on to like my asthma? Cards like my asthma? Or the times that you think you should just play it for Amber. For me, slowing down your opponent in Amber control is more valuable than that one Amber it gives you for playing it. Depending on the situation, 
But I would say there's a good number of times that you should hang on to my asthma and play it at the right time. All right, what's your third card, Andrew? Uh, it's a Mars car- card, and it's called uh-huh. Hypnotic Command, and it's amazing. I now like Mars now because <laughs> of this card. And anyways, um, it's an action. It's a playability. For each friendly Mars creature, choose an enemy creature to capture one from their own side. And it is an amazing card with a deck with so many Mars creatures. You have one with nine Mars creatures that you play that in, right? <laughs> yeah. I used that against you, and I was able to put five amber on your own guys and then just kill them all yeah. and gain that amber and was able to get a key with that. Yeah. It's so awesome. So this is we're going to ask some questions. Like, if you have this in the open hand, what do you do? I would mulligan it. I would. You mull- want this late game? I would like. I want a middle game, maybe middle late game? game, middle late. It depends, but I think you want a Mars board with it. I would want a definitely Mars board with it. And what's so good about this card is it's not an um, alpha card, so I can play Mars creatures and then use it, and then just... they don't have to be ready. They don't have to. They be don't ready have to be either. ready. That is incredible. No, that card is amazing. This card is awesome. So that's why I like it so much. So is there times that you would just discard that card or play it for one or two value? I would play it for one or two value. Any value I can get from this card is awesome. Because it's basically like a delayed steal. So even a delayed steal of one is pretty good. I mean, as long as you can actually get that back. Because I've used that card on enemies, and they would have tons of Sanctum and Brobnar creatures, Mm. and I wouldn't be able to get it back. Because I don't have any board wipes with that my deck with it. Yeah. I mean, if you get a good Mars deck with a lot of board wipes and lots of Mars creatures, I think it could work out really well. Yeah, I would probably play that card even if I only stole one Amber. I don't know. Okay. Or captured one Amber, rather. I probably would be looking for opportunities just to slow them down a turn with that. Mm. But the times that you can get, like, a big blowout, and it depends on the game situation, because if you're seeing, like, you're going to have a big turn where you can play, like, Three Mars guys, you already have one or two down. Five. Five, and then you can get the creatures to capture five Amber. That's, it's pretty incredible. It's amazing. What about you, Adam? What would you do with that card? Would you, in your opening hand, would you mulligan it? I would mulligan right away. Yes. Would I mean, you... unless I've already have Mars creatures, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. If actually. I'm first, then I let them go first. Or if I'm first and they go second, they gain some Amber, I might as well just capture it right away in their creatures. Yeah, that's true. So then later on, I kill those creatures gain that amber. so yeah if you end up with like two mars creature and that card i maybe would hold, hold on or just play it too and i'll just look. i'll probably yeah. just play it yeah i mean if it can stop them from it can just delay them or stop them from getting the key i think it's worth it i i really like that card though and i'm very surprised like how powerful that card is it is yeah. so how about you adam what's your third card my third card is also a mars card hey it is key abduction it's Ugh. a good one so mm-hmm. You play this card, you gain one Amber, and its action is play, return each Mars creature to its owner's hand. Then you may forge a key at plus nine current costs, reduced by one Amber for each card in your hand. For me, I love this card. Opening hand? Opening hand, I would probably mulligan right away. Okay, you want this later? I do want this later. And if I do get it in my second hand, I might as well just play it right away for the Amber. Or, like, maybe even hold on to it if I have Mars creatures just to heal them all up if I do attacking with them. Yep. Uh, I love this card because uh, it's a really awesome way to forge keys if you have logos in Especially it. Especially you can archive yeah. a bunch of cards. Of course, yeah. 
and collector worm. Like you can collect, collect things up. Yes. Uh, actually, collector worm. But it, doesn't, would, it, it doesn't, doesn't really work. help yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. That's a bad cards. idea. <laughs> I mean, I, it's a good card. I have though. a deck with Mister. Uh, I forgot that one guy, but neighbor of this creature um, gains destroyed archive. This creature. Archimedes. Oh, Archimedes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, I when a board wipe happens, archive all those cards, and then you, and then you can key abduction. Yeah, that's pretty turn. awesome. All right, so this card gives you an amber. So early game. I would probably mulligan too, but if I got it earlier and I'm nowhere near that, it. I'm just going to play it for the Amber. You're in the same boat? Yeah. Um, the one thing that a lot of people forget about that card is you return your enemies' Mars creatures to their hand too. Oh, really? You return everybody's Mars creatures to their hand. That would have I see a lot of people play Mars uh, Key Abduction, and they don't realize that they return everybody's Mars creature. Each player returns their Mars creatures to their hand. Mm. It's actually pretty powerful in those situations. That would have helped me. When we were battling with um group of people yesterday. Yeah, we played uh we played last night. Uh is there times that you would um with that card, is there times that you would hang on to it? Like for key abduction? I mean now that I know that can actually help you uh get pull everyone's Mars creatures up, if they have a Mars deck also it might keep it, depending on how strong their Mars are, so I can yeah. return everyone's. And set them back a turn, because then for me, I can just play them down right away. I saw you win with that deck. That I, I have two key abduction decks. And yeah. I won with one of them. Uh, I had a huge, gigantic, strong board of Bromnar with it. Yeah. And I just destroyed my opponent's board every single time. Didn't so you just always them. had a board. Yeah. I just thought of something about key, key abduction. It could be helpful, and also can delay the opponent, because they return... If they have a, um, that Mars guy, that plus two for each neighbor... That could and could be stopping you from getting your key. You could do key abduction, return that to their hands, so they have to choose Mars to stop you again, or yeah, just clog their hand just, up. Yeah, a clog bit. their hand, make them have to like make them delay a turn, so then you can have another turn to catch up. So, so many times though, like reread key abduction again, like when you when you read it. Okay. Play, return each Mars creature to its owner's hand. See, that's so, that first part is something people forget about. <laughs> Play, return each Mars creature to its owner's I hand. I just skip over that, basically. I yeah. just... <laughs> so it, I find it funny. Those are some things that are interesting. And I, I was like I was saying last video, like Gub, I was forgetting, like Gub actually the gave taunt. things taunt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting how everybody looks at this game a little bit differently. And I think when you want to hold on to a card... You need to be at a certain level of play with your deck to know when to do that. If you're going into a new deck, I think you just jump out and play play, right play everything. You need to understand how your deck can get amber and you just go out and get as much amber as possible. But honestly, when you're really wanting to win a lot, that's when you should start thinking about, okay, my opponent's going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing this. Next turn, I'm going to do this. I want to come back to Shadows. I'm going to use my asthma at this point. And you're just constantly formulating this game plan that changes based on the game state. And like the deck that I play against you guys that I just, I don't think we found a deck that can beat it yet. We did not. And it be, it's because I know that deck so well. And I hang on to things at key moments. Uh, like sort of what you guys do with um, Control the Week. There are times that you guys have slowed me down and were able to get a key on me just by Control the Weaking me. Yeah, but, it's really hard to gain even one key against his deck. He yeah. has like everything, doorstep to heaven, gateway, uh no gatekeeper gatekeeper uh too much to protect, protect routine my, job, asthma. Urgent, my asthma 
Uh, it's a fantastic deck that I so, so enjoy playing. And I always feel like I have an answer to things in that deck. You do. I mean, every single time I think you can't stop me. I you stop you. stop me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? How much steel and capture do you have in that deck? I know. And I can just slow my opponent down for so long that it... it and I get through my deck really quick because I can archive things. And which, you have so much raw which, amber. And I have Time Traveler in there, so Dude. I can draw a bunch of stuff. And I have Mother in there. It's just an amazing deck. And that's the deck I'm going to be taking to the Archon Tournament this week. You're going to get chains hey. on that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're most likely to battle each other. That's not going to be good. Yeah. So in closing, since we're getting kind of long on the video um, and the podcast, we just hit 200 subscribers on YouTube. We're we really did. excited about that. That number fluctuates, so it might go down, but right now we're 200. We're, we just want to say thank you to all of you for your support and coming back every week to check out our videos. If you want to leave comments below, we, we read every one of them, and I'd love to know kind of your thoughts on when you should hold and when you should play cards because the people that were casting are very good players, and they, the two casters had mixed opinions on when they would play or hold cards, and I honestly think that's the beauty of Keyforge is there's no formula it's just a matter of like making the best decision we can. All right, that's it for me. Do you guys have anything else in closing? That's really it. Yeah, thanks. Just it. keep playing Key Forge. Joy Age of Ascension. See you guys next time. Keep Bye. gaming. Keep gaming. Bye, guys. Bye.